0: Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. fault. Welcome. Yeah. See? That's how we get... That's how we get people's attention around here.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> that that was absolutely planned.
1: No, it wasn't. They're going to turn on my mic and it's going to happen again. No,
0: I'm the one that messed with. It I'm the one that messed with the gain on mine, so they can turn the gain down. It's my fault.
1: Okay, so I'm still talking. Can you hear me? Yep, yeah, they we can, hear, can you. hear me now. Okay, welcome. They're still ringing. The Glasgow mine, Evangelical Church. We have snow on the ground, we have snow on the ground. There's contact. I'm excited about it, I like <laughs> snow, I like snow. Uh, it was nice to have a little bit of a break and, and, a, and a little bit longer of a fall, uh, instead of you know three months like the rest of the country, we did get three weeks, so that's good. Um, but yeah, welcome, we're gonna jump right into announcements and I've I, got the first one. You've got the first one. I've got
0: the first couple, actually. Okay, So, get hey, it done. the
1: first couple are this,
0: is, uh, hey, if you want to know how to get involved in our church, if you've been coming to our church for a while, and you're just like, man, I, I just don't want to be sitting in the chairs every single week, but I want to help out. There there are lots of ways to be able to help out and we want to be able to encourage you to do that. And so, hey, if you see some of these greeters that are here in the mornings and you're like, man, I'd love to be a part of that. Hey, we're looking for greeters. If you love children or hate children. No, not, mean, hate. Not, not hate. hate. If we are looking for people who love children. children. If you have children <laughs> and uh, hey, Help out thinking about uh, with some things with Children's Church and the nursery and all of those. And so if you want to be able to help out, here's a couple ways you can do that. One is uh, there is a lovely lady by the name of Breezy, and so uh, she's right here. I'm going to have her stand up. Uh, She is our campus coordinator, and so go talk to her and say, hey, coordinate me and tell me where to go, all right? And then, uh, yeah, and then you should be set.
1: Great. Most definitely. You have the next Oh, yeah, I do too. have the next yeah.
0: announcement. Sorry. Hey, so. Uh, last year we kind of started a little bit of a uh, tradition of uh, there's a gal in our church that just wants to bless people with Thanksgiving boxes, and so every year she comes to me and she says, "Hey, I, I'm just going to put together boxes and I'm going to find people to deliver these Thanksgiving boxes to." And then uh, last year we, uh, she said, "I don't know how many I can get," so we we sponsored ten boxes, and she took. Uh, Some boxes here, some boxes to Wolf Point and just kind of delivered love on Thanksgiving. And so this year she wants to do that again and and we would love to support her. And so uh, this year she's going to do eight boxes and so those boxes are $60 a piece Um, And so I'm just putting a flat rate, some are less and some are just a bit more, but if you would like to give to that, would you just please um, in your memo or in an envelope just say, hey, Thanksgiving Day boxes. And uh, we're going to give those boxes out to people who just uh, need a little bit of love on Thanksgiving. Okay.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Uh, And then um, I've got a few things for Guatemala. Uh, We're gonna close the service today in prayer for the team because we're leaving this Wednesday at 5 a.m. from the church. But um, I brought, I I told you last week that I was gonna bring some pictures and so I've got a couple pictures and Ross is gonna help me out. Um, This is gonna be one of our main projects. Uh, the, The orphanage has started what's called Families United and in order to get some of the orphans back to their families, we have to fix their house um, this is uh, worse condition than a lot of our sheds are. As you can see, their mattress is outside because it's pretty uh, torn up, and they've just kind of randomly found things uh, on the side of the road to, to put their house together. Um, you can just kind of flip through those slides real quick. Um, this, is, this is where we're gonna be. The, the, the goal of, of this is to, we're actually gonna tear this house down and, and rebuild another one, um, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to put a, a feeling, uh, you can stop right there, that'll be, I think that's the last picture we have anyway. Um, the, the house we're building is three meters by four meters, uh, roughly 13 by nine, um, 320 square foot home um, for four children and a mom. And so this is what we're going to be doing in Guatemala. We'll we'll be able to bring some pictures back of of the the new house that will take its place. Um, And I I don't know. I'm, I'm just really shocked that in this picture, I'm sure that they knew the picture was coming, but they're smiling. They're smiling. And that's what they wake up to every morning is a dirt floor and a tin roof. But this is why we go on mission trips, is because we actually try to reach the gospel with the 14 people that are going on the trip. I can tell by looking at their face that they know, trust, believe in God. And this kind of joy, this kind of faith is what we're looking at uh, reaching our team with. So ways that you can help out, thank you for the, the pictures, Ross, uh, helping me out there. Ways that you can help out is we've gotten three bags of jerky so far <laughs> to bring to the orphanage. If you'd like to, if you've got some extra bags of jerky laying around the house, you can still bring those in um, Monday or Tuesday. We leave Wednesday morning, and so don't bring any on Wednesday, Seth will eat it all. Um, and then the, the other thing is, is there's, there is uh, tools and supplies over there for us to build this house. But I know that some of the things that are a little harder to get over there are drill bits, um, and uh, sawzall blades. And so if you have a couple extra uh, just laying around the house, I really don't want those sawzall blades that are all bent and wacky. I'll throw them out before we pack them up. But if you have a couple extra that you just lay, if, if you're anything like me, you go to do a project and you buy three extra blades and then you buy three extra blades the next project cause you couldn't find them. But then you put it in the same spot and you're like, oh. There's my other ones. And so you might have like nine or 10 sitting around. If that's you, uh, just sometime this week, bring them up, set them on Breezy's desk up in the main office, and, and that'll help us out a little bit. Just drill bits, sawzall blades, um, and, and that, that's really about it. Other than that, um, if you would like to give to help with the trip, just write Guatemala trip um, on, on your memo or on your envelope as, as the offering goes around. Yeah, and the last
0: announcement that we have this morning Uh, I'm going to backtrack on my uh, Thanksgiving Day boxes. If you'd like to know who does that, just talk to Jessica the Greek. She's the one that puts that all together, so uh, please help her out. All right, and then the last one is the Harvest Festival. Um, A lot of you have been wondering uh, how well we did last week, and so um, every year I'm amazed. Our, Our church is just fantastic. And so what we do, once again, Harvest Festival, is we all come together and we celebrate the goodness of God through the Harvest but just also what he's given us all year long. And so our offering goes, um, as you remember, to the 12 people in the, um, in the bulletin last week. And so uh, we were able to raise, so far right now, about $38,000 for that. And so thank you so much for being willing to love on these people that we support. You guys are fantastic. And so uh, we get to uh, celebrate God's goodness today by worshiping him and all of that sort of stuff. And so thank you for being an amazing church family to be a part of and to uh, have the call on God to can be concerned about missions. So thank you. Yeah, you can clap for that. Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, every single week we get to come as a church family and pray together. And oh, did I forget something? Oh, yeah. Thank you very much.
1: We have one special announcement.
0: So this is Karen's mic. And so Keith, come on up here, buddy. So Keith, you're really, really sore today, huh? Now, Why are you sore today, man? Here, let's turn around. Let's go ahead and turn around here. I played basketball today. So you played in you played in, in what this weekend? A basketball tournament, right? Yep. Yeah, and how many games did you guys win? Three games. Three games you guys won, and so you took the championship, right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And so then Keith came to me this morning and one of the first things he said is, "Hey, after the games were all done and I'm really sore, I prayed that God would help us to have safe travel." Correct? And what did he do? Did he give you safe travel? Absolutely. And so yeah, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing that Keith wanted me to have you guys pray for is one of the things that uh, really bothers Keith day in and day out is his arm. And he's been praying for healing for, for almost a year now, huh, bud? And so uh, just be praying for him. He wants you to come alongside him and, and just be praying with him. Okay, and so put that on your prayer list. Those, those are important to us, right? Yeah, absolutely. In your seat backs is a 3 by 5 note card, and some of you can write those prayer requests down and be able to drop them in the offering plate and say, hey, this is what's on our hearts this week as we're asking the church to pray, and, and us as staff members, uh, we pray for them, and then we give them to uh, the, the prayer team to pray over. I'm loving the ones from kids, like we are getting drawings that just say, I love God. You know, one said, I love you, Lord, with all of it spelled absolutely wrong, but you know what it was. And we do need God to step in and to help us out and to guide us and direct our paths. And so uh, every week we get to come and be a family together and pray together. And so would you pray with me this morning? Actually, I'm sorry. I completely forgot one announcement. That, Or not an announcement, but something I need you to pray for. Um, on Friday night, Nick Pancratz passed away. And so uh, his funeral will be this week. But we, we need you guys to just be praying for the family. Um, one of the... It, it was a great phone call that I got that said, Hey, my, my father got to go to glory. And so uh, what an awesome thing to be able to say that you know... Um, that your dad was a believer in Jesus Christ and uh, you know where his eternity lies. And so now it becomes about surrounding the family and uh, being in their lives as they, they do walk through the struggles of losing a father. So let's pray. God, we know that you are good. We know that you, your love abounds more than we could ever imagine. God, you are love. That is the the definition of you, is that you want to share in relationship with us and so that we can understand what true love is. God, we can see your goodness everywhere with the beauty and snow falling and the beauty of relationships with one another and a relationship with you. And God, Uh, would we be concerned about the things you are concerned about? Would we take a step back from all of our lives today and to realize that corporately we are worshiping you and we are saying that you are our God and we want nothing else. And that means that since you are our God, we can lay everything down at your feet. And we know that you can take care of the people that are on our list that um, need you and your salvation in their lives. That God, that we can ask your Holy Spirit to enter and to direct us in how we should help those around us. And that, God, we can lay down our families at your feet and ask that you would help us to have the conversations we need to have with them, Uh, bring back relationships, restore relationships with them. And, And especially this time of year when the holiday season comes about and we are all about family. So, God, the families that are broken, the families that are hurting, the families that are separated, the families that are, oh man, just striving to get along. Lord, would you somehow repair the relationships? Would you bring peace? Would you bring your salvation into them? And God, with all the health issues that are going on, Lord, I just pray that we can trust you because we can. You are a trustworthy God, and so in every single situation, may we glorify you and may we lift our eyes up because you are our help. So God, this morning as we take this offering and worship you and dive into your word, Lord, would would it all be for you? And would you speak to us this morning because you are here. Would you help us to recognize that? In your holy name we pray, amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward, and we'll take our morning tithe. Hey, while the worship team is going down, if you are three years old to third grade, come up to the front really quickly. Christian, come up to the front. If you're three years old to third grade, really quickly, just really quickly, come on up to the front right here. You don't have to stand on the steps, just right over here, right over here. Let's go over here, over here. Because there's a lot of you. There's a lot of you. Okay, now I want you guys to all turn and face the audience, okay? So here's the deal. I want to introduce you to guys, somebody really special. It's a lot of guys, actually, and gals. Really, really special. So I'm going to introduce you. It's okay if you talk. It's all right, because I have a microphone. I can speak louder than you. Here's the deal. Hey, do you guys know what today is? Did you guys know that today is Veterans Day? Well, this weekend is, right? And so there are people in this audience who have fought so that you kids can have some of the freedoms you have today. That they think that you are so important that they wanted to give their service to that. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask these veterans to stand up if they will so you guys can see them and you guys can go and give them high fives as you walk out, okay, so if they're around, would you guys, if you've ever served, would you please stand, all right, now, here's the deal, please stay standing, please stay standing, and you kids, go give them high fives, go give them high fives, and go to, and then you guys can go to uh, your guys' children's church, there you go, one way over there, Silas, way over there. Go get him. Go run. Way over there. Oh, they're over that way. And if you didn't get a high five, I'll give you a hug later. I don't know. Come and give me one. Thank you very much for your service. (laughs) And if you have uh, your Bibles with you, would you please open up to Matthew chapter 4 with me. Matthew chapter 4. Before I get into the sermon this morning, there's kind of one... um, One uh, prayer request announcement that kind of came across my plate this morning that um, I would love you guys to help me be a part of and... uh Yeah, just be praying for, as you know, Lance Lanning uh, is a missionary who's come here multiple times and spoken um, to us. And so he's kind of had a bit where uh, he's drastically lost a bunch of weight and uh, they don't know what's wrong with him. He just feels sick all the time. Uh, He's been in Mayo for the last five weeks. And they still just don't know what's wrong with him. And if you know Lance Lanning, uh, he's a rather large man. And uh, right now he's a rather skinny man. And so uh, this is what he's asking us to do is that on November 13th, um, that's Tuesday, November 13th, from noon to one, that you would uh, come alongside of him and just pray for wisdom, understanding, uh, have a little bit of fasting time, spend that hour praying for him. And so uh, that's what he's asking everywhere all around uh, the country. And so uh, just a great guy and his desire to uh, share the gospel around the world through uh, feeding, clothing, and housing people. And so uh, would you be willing to do that with us on November 13th from noon to 1? Okay. We've been going through a series uh, called just worship. Um, what, what does it look like to worship in our church? Where, where, is, uh, where are we headed? And most of the time you would think that I would be sitting here talking about the kind of worship we want to do in terms of the music we want to be able to play, or uh, what style do we want to do, how much instruments do we have, all that sort of stuff, what the Bible says about that. And, and really we, we've come to the conclusion that um, what if worship wasn't about that? What if we came to Sunday morning in a completely different way? And so we've been defining biblical worship as this: the biblical worship is a response in our heart, soul, mind, and strength to who God is and what He has done. In fact, in uh, Mark, it says these verses. Sorry, I'm skipping ahead for you. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Ezekiel goes on to then say this, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. So we started with heart. And we started where are you in your heart when it comes to worship? Do you realize what God has done for you? Do you realize the love that God has for you? And then we went on to talk about the soul. Is your soul connected to God. Then we talked about the mind. What are things that we're thinking as we come to worship? And today we want to talk about strength. And I thought that when we started this, strength would be an easy one, right? Like we could go into lots of different verses about, hey, using your strength for worship, to love God and respond to Him, and it's gone a completely different direction. And so I'm, I'm really excited to dive in with you with this. I was in Bolivia, uh, Bolivia about, uh, I don't know, a month and a half ago. And while I was in Bolivia, um, before we left, I told uh, you guys that I was leaving, and a, and a woman at our church came up, and she just handed me money. And she said, you'll know how to use this money. And I'm like, that's a lot of responsibility. You, you think that I hear the Holy Spirit all the time, obviously. And so I kind of was freaking out about this. And so as I was going, we got to visit four different places. And uh, as we were going, each place I felt like, hey, this is where I should give a little bit of this money to. And then we came across, uh, we were in... Uh, we were in San Juan de Orcas in Bolivia and we had a translator there and I'm sitting in the car in the trans- with the translator and, and uh, she was just blown away that uh, I had four children. And then I said, well, that's nothing. Our youth pastor has like, at that time when I had left, he had like seven kids running around his house and, and you know, much more of coming and visiting all the time. And then I told her about Breezy having five kids all under the age of seven. And she said, man, my, my husband and I have been married for, for two years now, and we've been planning out our life. And so she said, uh, we've been trying to get pregnant for the last year. And she said, but I feel like that it's me who is stopping this because I am so worried. I'm so worried that God won't provide for us if I have a child, that I won't be able to provide the lifestyle my child needs, and so I talked to her for a while. Just an amazing woman of God, but we—it just as that moment of going, can I trust God? Can I trust God? And and uh, in that moment, as I'm sitting there in this van, going through all these weird turns, and this guy—it should be a NASCAR driver, but I'm sitting in there and I hear the voice of God say. She just needs to know how much I love her. And so you will give the rest of the money that's in your pocket. And I have no clue what it was because it was American and Bolivianos and all this sort of stuff. And, and he said, but more importantly, she needs to understand the love of God on her life. And so that night, I dilly-dallyed around, and I tried to figure out all these different things, of, tried to write down in my journal what I'm going to say to her that's super profound. And, uh, and it's like, it's the last night that we're there, and uh, it's 1130 at night. And uh, we had just gotten done doing some sort of like... Games that they do with their community and, and I completely cheated in the game because I do that because I wanted to win and uh, so I'm like great now my, now my, uh, my testimony is ruined but I just <clears throat> I was like okay I'll just wait till tomorrow and God was like no you need to do this now and so I went up to her and completely everything that I'd written down went poof, just out of my mind, and all I started doing was just bawling. Because in the midst of somewhere where I would say is is poorer, poorer than me, I find the exact same struggles worldwide. Do I trust that God is going to take care of me? How will I have the strength to move forward? If God has called me to be a mother or a father or whatever, how can I move forward? And so I went to her and I just started bawling and I, and, you know, and, and I don't cry very much. You should ask my staff. I, I'm a steel trap. And, uh, and so I just told her, I just said, you need to understand that God is with you wherever you go, that he will give you the strength to do whatever you need to do, that he is your provider, that he will be your shelter in times of need. And I said, I don't know if this will help you, but I pulled out my wallet and I gave her everything and I was fumbling around and I said, this actually doesn't represent anything That money represents, this represents the fact that God needs you to know that he absolutely is in love with you and will take care of you. And whether you have a kid here or not in the future that God would open up your womb and that you would have a child or not, you still need to realize that your strength is in him and in him alone. And in that moment, she all of a sudden started bawling, of course, because she's a lady. Um, and uh, I, that was that what? Sexist? I'm sorry. I'm trying to make it lighthearted because I don't deal well with this. Because uh, I'm going to start to cry. But as she just sat there, I was just, I was blown away that um, the very next day, she was just like, that's a turning point for me. This woman who is our translator, who is a fantastic woman of God, she realized that her strength was not in everything that she could do, but in trusting in God. And so with that story, I began to go, wait a second, we try to come with our own strength all the time don't we? We try to muster up something. We try to come into a situation in which we just can't get across and we say, hey, if I just pray through this and this will work, if I just spend more time with God, if I just do this, what if it is allowing the strength of God to wash over us? It's not about how much more we worship in strength. It's not about putting more effort into it, but it's about going, man, And I've said this before, whose and whose am I? And so today as we walk through this, this will be a really interesting piece of scripture because we're going to dive into the temptation of Jesus. And how does that work with worship and how does that uh, jive in all of those things? But I think we'll see some pretty interesting things that come out of this. And so if you have your Bibles with me, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And I'm actually going to read this whole section. I thought that I was just going to give you a paraphrase, but I want you to read it and, and hear it. Because if we've been worshiping with our heart, our soul, and our minds, this is what happens. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scripture says, People do not live by bread alone, but on, by, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scripture says... He will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And then Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give you, I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. There's so many things that I want to get into in this story, but we're not. And he says, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, for the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of him. Can you imagine what it would be like for you to leave what's going on in your life and spend 40 days with God? Because he's worshiping him for 40 days. Trusting that God is going to take everything. I don't know what the desert looks like in here, but I'm imagining that Jesus isn't getting much water or much food. And in the midst of not having much, Jesus finds absolute strength to worship. You see, I think we worship most of the time out of what we have, our abundance, and we say, look at how great you are, God. But what if in the pits and in the despair we can go no I, I have to worship God because he is where my strength comes from but it's not worshiping in the way in which you would think that you would just know all the that you would have all the Bible memorized and you do all this but no, to realize the love of God in your life if we went back and looked at heart, mind and soul again we'd start realizing some pretty profound things about who God is. The fact that God is constantly drawing our hearts to him. That his love abounds for you more than you could have ever imagined. And we sit there and we'd rather say, yeah, but I did this. No, no, God loves you. Yeah, but God needs more from me. No, no, he loves you. God, and I said this back in the heart, God does not love you any more or less because of your current circumstances. God is love. God is concerned about you. He thinks about you. He watches over you. And so it would be only right that, hey, if we are in the midst of struggles, trials, trying to figure out where to worship, it would only make sense to go to the person who can give us strength. Isaiah forty thirty one says this. And I know I put it before there. It says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. New strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. This is not me mustering up something. Those, is, those are, uh, the. Uh, uh, this is those of us who trust in God. Maybe you've been in here and you've been trying to do it all by yourself. Maybe you're in here and you've tried to find every solution possible because you've been worried about so many different things. And God is sitting there going, wait a second. Yeah, but do you trust me? You've been doing all of these things. Do you trust me? Do you trust that God will give you strength? My family went through, <laughs> my family went through this big heart. Right? It was uh, the FMDH brought the heart in, and you could go in and like go through all these rooms down at the health fair, and I was in there. And uh, the guy was doing an amazing spiel, and I, I looked back at this, like this diagram of a heart, and it's got like four chambers and these little like flaps in your heart that have got to open and shut all at the right time, right? And I thought to myself, how many, if evolution was true, right? Maybe it is, I don't know. If evolution was true, right, how many people had to die before this was ever corrected? right? Like, can you not see this, right? Now, some of you are looking at it going, wait a second, did you just say that maybe evolution is true or not true? What I'm saying is, is that God created absolutely everything. That's what I'm saying, so that's what you need to hear, that in the midst of this, God, creator, makes everything right, and I was sitting there going, yay God, right? Like, I was just like, About ready to jump up, and I just looked at somebody. I said, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tell this guy if man if he realizes how cool God is and how much God loves him, right?" This is what I I said this to this person, and I went up to the guy afterwards. I was like, "Hey, hey, do you ever like look at this thing and wonder like how it was made? Like I just totally." totally did not even go where I wanted to go and he's like yeah sometimes I do and I was like yeah awesome high fives and I left right and then the gal that like the gal that I talked to she's like oh I know and so like I looked and read a couple things and I came back and she was talking to him like I just want to let you know that God loves you and God created your heart amazing and thanks for sharing this heart with us but God loves your heart and he wants you to to love him as well, and I hope you understand the love of God. And I walked away just going, oh, why can't I have that strength to do that? And I wonder if I realize the love of God, that I can trust God in any moment, wherever he's asking me to do, because we've already discussed this, that worship isn't about singing. Worship is about my heart, soul, and mind being led by God and allowing his strength to push me. But it starts with, do you realize where strength comes from? And so, through this story, we're going to go bit by bit, and we're going to take each temptation... And so the first temptation is this, that he says, if you really are the son of God, I know you're hungry. Turn the loaves of bread into food or turn the rocks into food. And Jesus responds, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here's the first thing that I think that we learn from, from the scriptures today is this. That strength is not in our abilities. That strength is not in our abilities. Jesus absolutely could have turned the stones into bread for food. Absolutely could have. But he realized that God had already led him through this whole entire thing. To worship him and to continue to be with him, and to continue to work out of his own strength, and let it, instead of letting God's strength walk with him, he would have taken himself out of a chance to worship God. And I know that um, a while ago that I've um, that I kind of said the most misquoted verse. In the Bible, but I'm going to bring it back up. It's in Philippians 4.13. And it says this, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. It's not Christ can do things through me when I tell him to. It's not that. It's I can do everything through Christ. Christ is the one that gives me strength because he's the one that's been telling my heart, my soul, and my mind where to go. And it's by putting myself in a position to listen to him so that I can say, I can't talk to that guy. I can't, I can't walk up to that woman and give her all the money that's in my wallet. I can't do this. And instead, it is no. I can because it's through Christ. It's not my own strength. There are some of you in this room who I know they're just like, man, I, I, can't, I can't be with kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can if God is calling you to. I mean, I, I don't know if I can serve in this way. I don't know if I can walk across the street to my neighbor. I don't know if I can make a meal and invite somebody over to my house. But I don't know if I want you to wall it off and say, I can't. What if God is asking you to do those things? When we're in the midst of worship and when we're asking God to just pour himself onto us because we know we're already broken people. We know we're already in the pit. We know we need his help. When he tells us in the midst of those times, go and do this, man, okay, I'm going to trust you. It's not in our own abilities. It's not in our ability to make a fantastic 20-layered cake. I don't think anybody can do that. And I know I'm picking small things but what if it's what if it's God calling you to come and pray for Keith's arm? And you're sitting there going no but I can't you don't understand. What if it's taking that moment with your friends and and going no I want to know the hard things that are in your life. But don't you understand they might think that I'm weird? It's okay. If you didn't notice, we got spray paint on our, do- our, our church today. It happened over last night. Someone decided to draw a rocket ship on, our, on the side of our building with some other words. And you know what? I think to myself, that is really a hard thing to go through. But I told Brian today, and I have to tell you because secretly I'm really excited Because that means that we're being offensive to people. That means that we would much rather preach Jesus than make other people happy. No, I'm not asking any of you guys to go, yes, I'm going to go break windows now in the parking lot. No, that's not what I'm asking you to do. But at least for that second, this church caught that person's attention. And we are so sane, we love you and we want to support you, but man, you, you can go ahead and spray paint our building. It's not going to affect us. And by the way, it just falls off. It doesn't even stick. I'm not going to tell you how to make it stick if you're in here. Um, but it's not in our own abilities. We, the gospel can be Offensive to people. A gospel can be hard, but guess what? That's not our job to say, no, I can't do that or I can't do this. It's our job to listen. But we have to do all the other stuff first. We have to know that our hearts and souls and minds are connected with God. And then it's His strength that comes in. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says this, Each time he said, this is Paul, right? Paul is going through a really hard time and he's got this just, he can't get over what is ailing him. And he keeps asking God to take it away. And God's response is, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And Paul's response was, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. We would much rather boast about our abilities, wouldn't we? We'd much rather boast that, yeah, I can turn stones into bread. But what about understanding that even in our weakness, God still loves us? God still is encouraging us to walk with him and to know that he loves us. Unbelievable. Then the story goes on to where Satan then begins to say, Well, fine, if you're going to quote scripture, I'm going to quote scripture to you. So here's the deal, buddy. I'm going to take you to the highest place. If you jump off, the Bible says that that his angels are going to protect you. And then Jesus says... The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Had a hard time with this one. But I think I I came to this conclusion. That strength is not on our own merit. That strength is not on our own merit. You see, I think that we want to do things like, hey God, if. If I do this, will you do this? Right? Hey God, I know that I can, I can do these things. Or if I give enough money, God, you'll love me for once. Maybe there's a times in your lives where you felt like you need to throw out a fleece for God. And God's like, you don't have to throw out a fleece. I'm just going to answer you. But you don't give him that opportunity. We think that how much God loves us or how good of worship we have in our lives is based on what we bring. And once again, it goes back to what I just said God cannot love you any more or any less based on your merit. God already said you're worth it, God already said, I'm gonna send my son to die for you. God already said He loves you, and so stop trying to run the treadmill to nowhere. Be in the moment with God. Romans 12.1 says this. It says, "And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead." You to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Now I realize that I said it's not on your own merit. He finds worship accept- uh, acceptable when we understand where our hearts and souls and minds are at with Him. And then it becomes about serving Him. It doesn't become about us doing whatever we want to do, but becomes about us serving Him. Have you given your body to Him, or is it a contractual agreement with Him? The rest of the chapter, by the way, I put it in there, in your sermon notes, 1 through 21. Go go and read the rest of that chapter. It is absolutely beautiful of a response of so. If this is the case, if I'm living a holy sacri- uh, if I'm a living holy sacrifice, this is what it looks like. It's incredibly hard, but I think well worth it. To read that, would you? And the third temptation that comes across. Jesus' face in this story is that now Satan brings him to the highest point, the highest hill, and tells him to look everywhere. And he says, if you'll just kneel down and worship me, you can have it all. Which I think it's funny that Satan, who is so smart, doesn't realize that Jesus made it. But um, that's for a different time. (laughs) Satan's dumb. Um, Get out of here, Satan, Jesus replied. For the scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve him, only him. In this very moment, this is what happens, I think. That after all of those three, Jesus is strengthened more. Because the next bit we get the whole Sermon on the Mount and he goes and he just preaches incredibly and, and gets people to look at God in a different light and tells them who he is and encourages them. And his strength is renewed because he realized that his, his, his ability to speak to anybody doesn't come from his strength alone of being the top dog. His strength comes from God In worship. His strength comes from God in worship. In the midst of our of our weakness, we sit there and we can know that God is strengthening us. Psalms 121, verses 1 through 8 says this: I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And this is what he does. He will not let you stumble. The one watches over you will not the one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleep. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. I started this whole entire sermon series by saying, do you have an audience of one? And it's befitting to me that I realize that (laughs) he's been there all along. That I don't have to get myself to a point where God gets to love me, but he's been sitting there going, I'm, I'm watching over you. I already have you. And instead of trying to figure out my way in life to get to the top, what if it comes to the point of just going, no, God, I, I want to know you more. I want to experience your love more. Wherever I'm at, I know that you absolutely love me. Because when we get to that point, I think God responds and says, okay, you're there. You're not trying to do it in your own strength. I want to work in you and through you. And then I love what Psalms twenty-eight seventeen or ah, 28, 7, thank you. You were right, Ross, I'm wrong. 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. I'm going to ask uh, two people to come forward, and they're going to end us in, um, end us in a song. And I know that I've been talking about that worship isn't about just singing. But one of the things at the end of this verse, when it says, I burst out in songs of thanksgiving, I came across this song, um, oh, probably about two months ago. And the, the reason why I love this song is because it makes me realize what God has done in our lives. And it's actually a song of response to his goodness in our lives, the the love that he has for us. And so, Ross, I'm going to have you um, pull up those words for us. And I'm going to read it to you before they sing it. And I'm not trying to steal your thunder because you guys have a much better voice than me. But it says this I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. Cause when you called my name, I ran out of that grave. Out of darkness into your glorious day. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. Now your mercy has saved my soul. Now your freedom is all that I know the old made new, Jesus, when I met you. I needed rescue, this is, this is the key, this is the gospel right here. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing, now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future, my eyes are open. This is the story right here of all of it put together, the heart, soul, mind, and strength. That he gives us the power to walk out of the grave because our hearts, our souls, and our minds are connected. And So it's God's strength that encourages us to walk out of the grave. So... Um, I want to end the service um, not unusually like we usually, well, not unusually, yeah, and there is a group of people headed to Guatemala this week, and uh, it's a big group, and you saw the pictures, and you, um, some of you may know what that's like going to a different country and going, how do I put this all together? How How do I realize what's going on? And so really, I hope you caught what Brian was saying this morning, is that I don't know if the gospel reaches them as much as the gospel reaches us, that we realize that our lives want to be about running out of the grave in the strength of God because we know his love for us. And we want to share that love with others. As you realize in um, the Mark verse that I had up, it it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. It's not just for us. It's for our neighbors. And our neighbors are really anybody that we come in contact with. And so I'm going to ask as a church, we are sending these people, and I'm going to ask anybody that's going to Guatemala to come up to the front. Uh, mothers, fathers, wives, friends. There's, I, I don't see, um, uh, there's one person missing. Uh, Kim Jung is not here. He's going with you guys, correct? Yeah, he's in Minneapolis, and he will meet up with you guys. Terry, I don't see her in the audience right now, so, um, but, uh, and then who else, who else are we missing? Tate is out of town, and so she's going to be in there. Who else? That's it. And then uh, another gal from Great Falls who's going to do a bunch of uh, cleaning teeth um, for that, and so... uh, So we want to pray for them for God's strength to be in their lives. And Nick, you should stand up. Yes, you're going. Okay, so if you are a friend, relative, love them, uh, want to support them, would you just come up and we're going to be praying for them. And we'll let all the kids come in because I see them. Come on in, kids. If you want to surround any of these people, let's do this. And we're going to pray for them. Tony, I'm sorry you're by yourself. Your wife is serving. Oh, there you go. Thanks, man. So, uh, hey, if you're in your chairs and you want to raise out your hands, let's pray for them and we'll end the service. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you have called us out of the grave. And we need to understand your love and your mercy and your grace on our lives. And God, this week as, they, uh, as this team leaves, would you absolutely wreck their hearts? And would you begin to rebuild, but not by what they're doing and their goodness and their abilities and their merit, but that they would realize that it's your strength that has called them forward. And Lord, if they might not need to swing a hammer that day or to uh, love on a child, but you're leading them somewhere else, would they have enough worship to be able to do what you're calling them to do? Would it not also be about just swinging hammers, but if there's somebody they need to talk to, would you bring people across their paths? Would you help them to share your love with people? And God, would their hearts and their souls and their minds be connected to you so that your strength flows through them? And God, that they would love their neighbors. God, if there's anything, the last-minute things that need to be filled out, if people are worried about money raising or any sort of thing like that, or vehicles, or, hey, what am I going to pack, Lord? Would you just soothe all of those issues and allow them to be with you? And God, we send them forward. We ask that your Holy Spirit would watch over them and guide them and direct them. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Hey, we love you so very much. Thank you. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.